1: Thanks for listening to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for HBO's True Detective Anthology, brought to you by Bald Move. This conversation covers Season 1, Episode 7, titled After You've Gone. From the dusty mason, a looming shadow grows. having a beer together, Rust takes Marty to his storage shed to present the case he's been making against Tuttle. It takes the shocking reveal of a tape stolen from Tuttle's house containing the murder of Marie Fontenot to convince Marty to aid Rust. During the investigation, they uncover a connection to the Childress family and records indicating that Steve Dracy, the man responsible for the Marie Fontenot investigation, may be corrupt. They lure him onto a boat to question him. Meanwhile, Detective Gilbo and his partner are trying to find the church. They ask directions from the lawnmower man, whom Rust met in 1995, but fail to notice the prominent scarring on his face. So we basically pick up this episode where we left off last episode. Uh, Rust and Marty have the beer that they were talking about. I thought it was cool how
0: they non... Uh, visually and texturally s- reinforce that in our mind by opening the same song that we closed with on episode six at Sign of Judgment. Uh, ah, it was playing on the yeah. jukebox until it switched to something. Su- Who the fuck chose? The- they're the only people in that bar. Mm-hmm. Maybe even I don't even know. If there's a bartender. Like they just kicked in the door and opened it up at the, ten in the morning. The, the
1: owner is passed out. I'm sure. Yeah. At the bar.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know who picked that s- soft rock jazz, quiet storm bullshit. I guess. Marty. Yeah. I, okay. It ain't
1: rust. No, no, no. It's not rust. Rust, rust probably, probably picks nothing. Honestly. Or like.
0: some kind of weird Tibetan throat singing. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's what he does. You mm-hmm. know, he likes yeah. to
1: contemplate the shredding of one's vocal cords. He's definitely been contemplating his role in this whole thing. Yeah. In this case. Yeah. Uh, He he says several things that I think are telling about how he feels about where the case was left. He goes total Jack and Hagar. A man has debts. He does. He has debts, and Marty has debts as well. Uh, Both of them are kind of on the hook for this case, and they left it unsolved, and we get like, I I was thinking, you know, he kind of left this case short for the last couple of episodes. I've been saying, why isn't he following up on spaghetti years? Uh, yeah,
0: that's the one thing that I don't know tracks cleanly for me. That because he throws this in Marty's face, like, not for nothing. If you hadn't jumped the yeah. gun on Ledoux, we might have gotten a whole, <laughs> this whole thing rolled up. Which, that's super weird considering what he tells him at
1: the time. Good to see you committing to something.
0: Well, Marty. I mean, I don't even think that's inconsistent because the first step is you got to support your partner and sure, whatever sure. his other flaws, he does seem to have his partner's back. But. Yeah, like the fact that he just let that go for a 7 year period felt a little weird to me.
1: Same here. Um, Same here. But they do they do kind of bring it around as to why he he feels on the hook and and why he you know, in the middle of this he kind of just quit out of frustration, right? But plus he acknowledges
0: like, that I averted my I got I, I averted my gaze and I'm never gonna do that again. That's the thing. Like I
1: feel like he had a moment where he wasn't quite as resolved as he was previously, and he was angry at Marty and he was frustrated with the whole police force yep. and he says, Fuck it. Fuck this world, I'm out. Right. But and I, now he's talking super about guilty the, about you're it. You're
0: talking about the two thousand two to two thousand twelve angle. I'm talking about the well, ninety five to two thousand two angle. Because he said, fuck you, and left the force in 2002 when he got back into the conspiracy. Uh So I think he, when he says, I averted my gaze, is that he just decided to make a conscious effort of, I'm tired of looking at microwave babies and dead children, and I'm going to try to be my version of happy with this woman. And then, you know, that thing with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy that committed suicide. When he does that, when, when he sees that, that rattles him into out of his complacency.
1: Yeah, I think so. And the mention of the Yellow King and that he's possibly still out there. You know, it. I, I think there was always this nagging feeling in his head that maybe Ledoux wasn't necessarily the guy at the top, but it brings it back into focus sure. when, he, when he hears that. Sure. So I, I'm glad that they, they at least had him confess that he is a little bit responsible for not following up on this stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, and he also there was another subtle point that is kind of here if you if you want to pick it and this might be a little psychosphere but you know rust is famous for saying i've not been in a room with a person 10 10 minutes so i can't tell whether i two got minutes. A- minutes. you're not giving him enough oh, i thought he said
1: 10 no it's two
0: okay <laughs> so if you lit if, he, if you if we say that's a literal definition that he yeah. can be with a minute for, for someone then he can tell if there's something fishy going on You think if Rust had been able to get another minute with Lawnmower Man, yeah, before Marty starts honking a horn and acting like an asshole and chasing off this Reggie Ledoux, like ultimately Marty might be more responsible for this than even Rust realizes at this point.
1: Yeah, that's true. Now he might have gotten a better read on him. Yeah, it it seems like it would have been
0: more memorable because you know that's one of the. This is an interesting episode because it essentially to us as the viewer lays out the entire case.
1: Yeah, I think we know by the end of this who the king in yellow is, yeah. And and, and the tension is will
0: Rust and Marty find out? Yeah. Will Marty's daughter somehow be involved in the resolution and the climax? Are they going to live to tell the tale? Like, what yeah. you know, we, we're we essentially wa- waiting to see them realize it and move to the end game. But for us as the audience, the mystery is solved.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You know, they have a couple of near misses here. Papua and New Guinea, or whatever their names are. <laughs> fucking suck. <laughs> fucking suck, sure. Uh, have a near miss with the Lawnmower Man. Rust had a near miss with the Lawnmower <laughs> Man. Uh, can we call him Childress? I mean, he's really the only Childress that matters, yeah?
0: Yeah, so there's... When I was doing my psychosphere research, everyone is referring to him as Errol Childress, and I'm like, I watched this episode, end up, like, three times, and the third time, I largely watched, because number one is a really good episode, number two, I was just looking to see, where the fuck did I miss him being, like, did the, the black lady, the old black woman that worked for the Carcosa man, did she say Errol, I mean, but she said Childress, or maybe it was Labu, or... And it turns out that like everyone is speculating entirely on his name being an IMDB, which is kind of a spoiler. Okay. He was credited as Errol Childress. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, like I think it's not that big of a spoiler because who gives a shit about his first name? And we are made very clear that, you know, the the old (laughs) black woman's testimony that there was this this scarred face man was it? I think he was a Childress. Uh I think we are supposed to understand that. Yes, he is a Childress. Another thing, like, I've always had a little bit of problem starting around episode four with this vast criminal occult conspiracy that also can't control their goddamn mouths. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, you know, there seems to be a lot of a lot of smoking guns.
1: No, no, not even that. Um, Yes, definitely. But where I was going was like EO involved in this. Like who what ego like they seem to think that they're doing something awesome like th- this guy when he stands up off his lawnmower has a very haughty look about him yeah you know like i'm right here under your nose and you can't find me and i, I almost feel like this guy to go back to why rust maybe couldn't identify him m- maybe this guy is as good at disguising himself as rust is at finding people's true weak point it's possible you know? right because like this might be the ultimate bad guy for he rust. became a different character at the end of that when, when yeah yeah you
0: know fucking suck drove off and he changed his voice and his whole demeanor and manner now i read an yeah. essay that talks about the lovecraftian elements of true detective and i and and one of the motifs in lovecraftian horror is the concept that you got this insane occult but These are like old gods that they're worshiping that used to be these powers, but they're now no one believes in them. They're they've kind of diminished and the cults that they form are a degenerate, like lesser version of what they used to be. Kind of like comparing the Ku Klux Klan in like 1890 (laughs) versus the Ku Klux Klan in 2015. Sure. Like they the Ku Klux Klan was a power in 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 lots of regions of this country and was like respected politics hell up until you know there was still former clans members in the goddamn congress yeah uh up until very recently in fact shit there might even still be one i don't i don't know david Duke's status but yeah yeah. anyway you 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 could see like maybe back in this tuttle days when they actually ran things and they but you know you still have a senator and his powerful preacher but they've also, because of the nature of it, they've done this inbreeding and this cycle of abuse that's now produced a guy like Errol. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's sloppy and more careless and a more degenerate form of the cult at its height of its power. Okay. That these yeah, things I- kind of collapse under their own weight.
1: I had my time I wonder if this was all in my head. The time passed. Really? What
0: happened to Billy Lee Duddle? There's something you're going to have to look at. No other way around it. Up until this moment, the theory of Rust being a bad guy is still in play. I think, I think that so. you yeah. cannot possibly maintain that i mean this is the episode where kind of like you have the singularity happen all these infinite possibilities of what this series might be collapses and now you're (laughs) basically wondering okay i know what the end game is going to be my question is how weird is it going to get are there going to be actual tentacles and thousand
1: eyed goat stares and black suns or you begin to have that notion broken down that maybe rust is crazy and rust is a killer in the shed you know in the bar he still seems kind of crazy when he goes into the shed he seems kind of crazy uh when they come out of the shed, you no longer believe he's crazy. No, and, and <laughs> I, I mean this videotape is so damning. I also like how he doesn't even judge. My, it's like, look, I get you. I thought I was crazy too. I had my period of yeah. Is this all in my head?
0: Yeah, and I th- I thought the way they did that was really cool. And yet they you know, still keep on piling the occult weirdness. Like I thought mm-hmm. it was very noticeable when they pull into the AAA storage. You see this black sc- sun in the sky. Now it's probably like. uh you know, a security light or something, but it's, you you, you look back at that old Carcosa poem where they're talking about strange moons rising and Uh black suns circling the lake and whatnot. It's like, I thought that they were still throwing it at. So it's like, I still think there
1: is a lot of Cthulhu shit that's on the table here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I I really like how they reveal that too. They've, they pulled this trick before with the kids in Ladoo's cook site where they kind of show Marty's reaction to it, mm-hmm. and then they show us what was actually going on there. Right. In this episode, they they start with the question, are you going to help Rust? And we cut away from the stuff that Rust wants Marty to see before he even sees any or has any idea what it is. Yeah, And we go to a scene with Maggie and and Marty where he say, he's basically saying here, I'm about to go on a super dangerous mission. I'm here as a final goodbye just in case. Um, I want to know how my daughters are doing, that they're going to be OK and all this. You know, she asks him, are you going to help Rust? Then we go back and we see what convinced him. And I, th- I think that's really a cool way to edit through uh, these these two lines here. And also, I felt like a jackass
0: retrospectively by complaining that they didn't. They showed us what was going on with the Ladoo shed. um. But I kind of feel like if they left that to our imagination, that if they did it again with this Marty tape situation, it would have felt like more of a trick. Hmm, Whereas, you know, if you're going to save one thing to leave to the imagination, this is it because it's what you do see (laughs) is fucking horrifying.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the idea that Russ can't even watch this again. You know he's got to stand yeah, and like stare I, at the wall. While and then like going the, on. the kind
0: of Marty is in amazement that you did watch it once. And Russ, as a matter of fact, like I had, yeah, no, I had I mean, to make sure the dudes didn't take their
1: mask off. I feel like that's a valid excuse to watch that tape. But my God, uh, Marty's reaction to it is epic. And I would say, yeah, you know? I, I, I think
0: that, uh, I, like I said, I'm glad that they saved that this little, you know trick for this because it it just really landed and the fact that they use it multiple times um yeah it works it's cool i also like there's so much stuff visually i love about this where like did so some people started like oh jesus christ rust is an ace breaking and entering man but i'm like he he said he spent months staking him out and like yeah if you if you buy that he's could get ginger out of the projects with his tactical skills (laughs) then you say that you cannot this guy can't break in even though he spent years in underworld doing that very same thing like I don't know I mean was it the visual image of him being all ninja'd up and probably I I really like the fact that they layered multiple takes on the single pane so you're seeing like three versions of rust breaking in and searching and that gave us
1: multiple locations and all that stuff And, 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 and you kind of feel
0: a little bit out of out of your mind in the way that russ did too. like am i losing my mind or am i am yeah. i seeing multiple people is russ working alone is that supposed to be it's it's they do a lot of really cool things that throw you off balance during this sequence
1: yeah and he definitely feels off balance too you know his comments about like my life has been a series of like degradations and failures. my life like, is a circular fuck up b- basically yeah. yeah and and he's he's pondering like if i get caught here that's it, man. And I'm fine with I'm, that. I'm never going to get another shot at this. Either, either I'm
0: crazy and I'll be put down yeah. and then I can be at peace or I will confirm my worst suspicions.
1: Yeah. He's putting it all on the line here uh, for what he he needs to do for what he feels guilty about.
0: They also played around with the concept that maybe Russ killed Tuttle, which turns out he yeah. did not, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was kind of interesting. If you believe him. If I believe him. <laughs> Uh, can we talk about the way these men are living their life? Okay, because they yeah. kind
1: of at midpoint of
0: the episode, they they do a catching up with each other, which they're saying like, ah, oh, you know, I'm I just spend some quiet nights at home, and uh, but but as they're talking about this, you see the reality of like Marty eating this sad ass Microwave. TV dinner yeah, yeah. in front of this television show and just rust you know taking out trash at the bar and then reading but and it it's it reads as depressing but i also as i was watching it thought there was a certain kind of majesty to it as well okay like a nobility of just this life devoted to a single-minded focus of whatever it is like rust isn't i don't know marty seems more pathetic and sad uh, and you know, because he's he's eating TV dinners and and watching shit television. You know, Russ is presumably reading. Oh God,
1: it's our lives, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have home cooked meals, goddamn And we watch better TV. That's true. Too. That's true. It's not shit television. But um, I you, get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah.
1: it's you know, it's romantic in only it the is. way that the the television can make it. It's romantic in, a very, in a very green, in a very
0: masculine it. way too. Okay. Like this yeah. is a bridges of Madison resolve. County. It's more like, and even the, the, what they talk about being really, like, isn't that every, like, I don't I want to say man, but like if, if you identify as a masculine man, is it in everyone's fantasy to be the best at what you are at something?
1: Sir, so, I think to, so. To, yeah. to
0: hone your, like, like, the way I am, I'm always annoyed with because I'm more of a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. And that always eats at me.
1: My, sure, my fantasy is
0: to be like where I'm, I'm just really good at one thing. And if it actually has a positive impact of bringing out bad guys and lets me dis- dispense rough street justice, all the better.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm but, with you. I have that same idea in my head and what Russ says about, you know, life's barely long enough to get yeah. good at one thing. Uh, you can get OK at a lot of things. Sure. <laughs> which is not as cool on the resume. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in some ways, but in some ways, it's better, right? Yeah, I, I mean, say. it all depends on your perspective, and I, I think that's kind of a fantasy um, that you can just focus down and be good at this one thing. Some right. people do it; they're able to, like, right. they're they're either smart enough or they're driven enough or right. they're uh, just focused enough to to pull that off. But I feel like. Life throws a lot of curveballs at you, and getting really super good at that one thing and focusing isn't a luxury that most people have.
0: Yeah. And especially if there's some kind of like fatalist, like a, it's like almost like a doomed romance, like a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So, so it's like not only is your life's great work and the thing you're best at. You have developed that and honed that skill, but it's also the tragic flaw that a lot that keeps you from enjoying any other aspect of life. So it's a self-like there's not balanced in any way. (laughs) No, no, no. It's very Hemingway. Um but so to the to the extent that there's some people that see that fantasy and love it, there's also the people that see that fantasy and hate it for and see it for what it is. And I think that is the Fault line for the people that think True Detective is fucking awesome and one
1: of the greatest things on television, the people that think it's bullshit. It depends on the day for me, honestly. Right. It depends on the day. Some days I have those like, man, I wish I had spent, you know, the last 15 years of my life focusing on something and getting really good at right. one thing versus, you know, some days I'm like, yeah, I'd. Why would I want to waste my time on just a single thing? Right. But you know, that's the thing. It's like I
0: can I can see True Detective for the hyper-masculine bullshit that it is, but I also appreciate that kind. Of, I don't think it's I don't think it's out of place in the world to tell those kind of stories.
1: Yeah, it's not invalid. Any more really. than
0: it is like invalid to tell a Batman story or or whatever. <laughs> other creepy thing is like she's Sam Tuttles, the 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 progenitor of all this madness. She's his house servant, which in really deep rural South at the time we're talking about is a whole other connotation to it.
1: Yeah. Like slavery ties. And-
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which adds to the discomfort level of this. And then the fact that she's so aware of the Carcosa and the cult elements, and she goes from this like yeah. charming old lady talking about these kids that she loves so much and watch them scamper around the house to, you know, Carcosa, you know, and, and it's creepy the way she talks, start, about start talking like, you know, Ironborn bullshit from what what's dead may never die. Kind of nonsense. It's interesting to have this grandmotherly figure turn like really dark and crazy on, on a, yeah, you know, a dime. It, it's like the Oracle
1: gone bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, the stuff she's saying, you know, Rust goes out of that conversation kind of affected by it. You know, I hope she's wrong. The stuff she said about death not being the end. Sure. Uh, I don't feel like Rust would have any problem saying that she is wrong. Like given what he's talking about with the secret fate of all life in 105, it seems like to him, you know, whatever he's doing can't be Changed, but he also believes death is certainly not the end for him. Yeah, this whole time just is a flat circle over and over and over, and you're stuck. It's a trap. That's what he says. Yeah. So I, I don't know why he's like. Is he questioning whether or not his philosophy is correct here? What What's he going on about?
0: I don't know. Like, the, you know when you said that, the first thing that pops to mind is Groundhog Day. Like yeah. in the middle of the movie, where Bill Murray just gets fed up with life and he just goes through like I. I don't even want to go through five minutes of this day, so I'm going to go and take a bath at the toaster, and I'm going to drive a car off a cliff. I'm going to jump in front, in front of, front of a
1: train. Yeah. yeah,
0: all this stuff. Like, Even if you think that time is a flat circuit, going to repeat this. I guess what you're hoping for is that you'll die, and then you'll be reborn as another kind of innocent character. They'll be slow. But as soon as you become conscious of the fact that you're stuck in this cycle of misery, you should off yourself. That's what I'm because saying. Because then man. you you keep the misery yeah. to a to a minimum,
1: and we know that that's what Russ plans to do, right? Yeah, and maybe he's like, I've got one thing to do, and then I've got another thing to do.
0: Yeah, it could be like that's the thing. Like, I don't personally believe in heaven, but I'm open to be pleasantly surprised.
1: Okay, yeah, you know <laughs> what so, makes you think you're going to heaven? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm not a Even bad if there man. Is one. <laughs> I'm not a bad man. All I'm saying is, I've heard you say I keep other people from the door. <laughs> <laughs> Literally Heaven's Gate. I,
0: I try to, to y- ruin yes. as many people's lives as I possibly can.
1: You are Peter. Is Peter the one who does that or is it Paul? Ah, it's St. Peter's. St. Peter's the guy at The guy who uh, interviews
0: you at the pearly gates. Yeah, okay. Talks about all the times you masturbated. Yeah. Uh, I. So I don't know. I felt, I thought that was really cool is that we've seen, <laughs> I don't know if it's cool or not. We've seen Russ go from in 1995, the guy that says, I should really kill myself. I just don't have the constitution for it. To, I'm ready to kill myself. Yeah. And also, Marty is dealing... Like, if Marty was in Russ's position, I think like he'd have the same viewpoint. Even without the moral philosophy, like, you know, Marty saw a baby being microwaved. And he's like, I'm noping out of my police career. I don't want to yes. ever see shit like that again. Mm-hmm. He literally averts his gaze. If he was... Driven like Rust, even absent all the nihilist philosophies. I wonder if he'd have the same type of thing of like he couldn't look away. If he had to keep doing this, I wonder if he would would be in the tie it off category. Because what's he got to live yeah. for? Another night of match.com, of age appropriate women that he really is not secretly that into? And yeah. the cold TV Bad dinners. T- yeah,
1: it's it's not a, a great existence for him. No. no, no, no. But you know, it's it's also I don't know. In some ways, it's sad that Marty gets sucked back into this. I mean, if Marty wants out of this game and he's seen too many microwave babies, I almost feel bad for him having to go on this last mission, you know? Hmm. Granted, it's a good thing that he should do, uh, but it's one that could destroy him as a human being if he hasn't already been destroyed.
0: I don't. See the difference, core difference between him and Rust in that f- sequence where we see their daily lives, except for Rust has a purpose and Marty doesn't. Marty's sure. even more. Yeah. You know, that's the, th- the thing, like uh, when he goes and talks to Maggie about uh, potentially going off on this suicide mission. You know, and that's kind of interesting, too. Like, what did you think of Maggie revisiting Rust? Like, I thought there would be some reconciliation, but Rust essentially tells you get it, you know, get on before you get spit on. Yeah. Which Good I thought him, was man. awesome. Like, yeah. yes,
1: that is the appropriate response.
0: It was not needlessly cruel or anything. but it's more mm-hmm. like, uh, you know what? I didn't like. I didn't like you asking. That's what she was doing. I want you to lie to me about what this other person that I have no control over is doing. Yeah. Uh, I somehow want you to get. I want you to get down and roll in the mud with us. And he just called. She's it for asking what it him is. a favor.
1: After. What she did to him, I think he gives the appropriate response.
0: Yeah. I don't even know if it's a favor. She's just asking to be lied to. And he's like, Why would I do yeah, that? Yeah, the favor
1: there is setting her mind at ease a little bit. Mm. You know, I think after this meeting with with Marty, she's really worried because she sees it for what it is, which is the the goodbye. Yeah. The potential goodbye here. The other thing that, that lady says, uh her, her name's Dolores. Her uh-huh. last name's Dolores. She says a bunch of crazy stuff that in the end makes sense to rust. He's like, yeah, that sure makes sense to me. Sure. And the, her daughter or granddaughter or something comes out and says, "That that should worry you, mister." And I feel like that's that goes for Rust too, right? Like if the things that Rust is saying are clicking with you, no, no. You're I feel right. like that should worry you a little bit.
0: Yeah. I thought it was really interesting when they finally met or confronted the Steve Garcia character who at this point Yeah, Marty says he's lying about his involvement with the Marie Fontenot disappearance. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure because on the one hand. He does seem like he benefited from, but he could have been benefiting from just like playing along with corruption, not knowing exactly what the hell he's doing, But I like when, and they also show him as just being a piece of shit. Like, hey, look at this Maserati I got that I
1: pinched off a dude for having a quarter. Asshole. Quarter ounce of weed on him. This is the problem. You are part of the problem. Uh, Also, golfing with your gun. That's Uh, kind of a weird thing to do. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I know,
0: I don't don't know if that's a cop thing, but like my friend is a cop goes strapped all the fucking time
1: to a golf course
0: everywhere wow everywhere right. like did he's legally requ- allowed to carry gun which is everywhere yeah. he's like you know yeah i do um huh. but may- maybe he's an asshole i don't know um i've known to like a few in my day well i i thought it was interesting when rust reveals himself on that boat you know in full jumper cables and battery mode mm-hmm. that like as he's pointing the gun his like left eye twitches uncontrollably <laughs> Like, he looks like Bill the Cat from the old Berkeley breath Breathed comics or whatever, the the Doonesbury and all that. Wow. Like, he's just, like, he's Deep just cut. going crazy. He looks like a crazy man. But we know he's he not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We know definitely at that point. But
0: that kind of ties into the whole, like, if this is making sense to you, mister, then you need to be worried.
1: Yeah. There are a couple of performances that I really like, even from, like, bit actors here. Like, uh, Jimmy Ledoux, the guy that they go visit in the auto shop who is ostensibly squeaky clean. No, no relation to this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I I like the guy's accent. I feel like he's one of the first people that really has like a solid Southern New Orleans, like specifically Louisiana Mm. accent. All right. Um, and also I like the touch that he's not actually sure if he's related to this guy, right? Like, I, man there are so many of us I don't fucking know. Yeah, and there's and there's some of them they're shit bags. They're real shit yeah. heels. Yeah, we don't talk about them. I've never met half my family. Like Yeah. I like that. That's kind of the the southern feel that you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, that's the one thing. I've heard a lot of people sit, talk about like they got, you know, black sheep in the family and I guess I I've got that. But nothing like to this extent. <laughs> I think this is a case like, where there's no criminals. There's no there's no people that torture children in my in my family or even to give off this weird kind of vibe like i'm a solid upstanding citizen but this other inbred
1: hick really worries me like i don't i don't have that maybe i'm lucky well no i I think the thing is if you look at your family tree and you don't see the black sheep you are the black sheep (laughs) (laughs) sorry to tell you
0: yeah i'm the renegade podcasting (laughs) crazy man yep uh, do we want to talk about the actual? Because I, I mean, the evidence is what it is. Like they lay out the case and like a five point thing about you know this leads to this, and the Tuttle schools are doing this, and I met this guy who testified that he was at a Tuttle school and he got drugged and raped uh, by a bunch of people. That one of them had scars in their mouth. And yep, you know, there's there's a tie in at this whole. They, they they talk about the rural sense of Mardi Gras, which you know ties into the five horsemen picture that we saw before. Mm -hmm. um yeah but the 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 chief resolution now is are they going to be able to figure it out in time and what is going to be the stakes is marty's daughter is going to be involved because the other thing that the marty maggie scene does is it tells us that one of his daughters was out of this location she just came back that's the younger one that we're less worried about and the Mm -hmm. other one that we've always been worried about occasionally goes off her medication and she's kind of sort of cleaned up her life but you know, she's still she's in New Orleans, Greater New Orleans area. She's accessible to this cult. Uh, yeah, I mean, are they going to have to
1: save Marty's daughter in the final hour <laughs> of this show? Uh, I, I feel like the answer to that is no. Um, I, I think that's more there to show the damage that he has done to his family. You know, I'm. He, but what he, it seems like if it, if you just take it from that angle there hasn't been much damage. He's
0: blew through this uh but Audrey family like is, a hurricane.
1: Audrey is clearly not okay. She's on on some kind of what I view as psych meds like keeping her emotionally stable or something. That's that's how I read it maybe she had some other kind of meds maybe she has that, diabetes or saying, something like, like
0: I, Is is that casual or causal because you can have like a a perfectly normal family that has a kid that has to take medication. I mean, like, there's... It's nature versus nurture, that, it's both.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The fact that we've seen her slowly, or not even slowly, rapidly change over the years, um, I, I view that as a direct result of Marty's behavior. Marty's neglect, Marty's anger issues. Um, see, that's Because we, we see that Marty is still the same. I mean, you know, in the bar scene where he, he meets Rust for the beer... He gets up in Russ's face almost instantly when Russ just implies that he has some debt to him. Uh, Marty, Marty has clear anger issues. Marty, sure. Marty is and he was still a caring. destructive force in people's lives. And I think, you know, it's good that he's staying out of lives, but I think he's already done the damage to his family that we're supposed to see. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm debating this from an extra show type of thing, where it's like. Um... Taking medication and being sexually adventurous is not a terrible thing.
1: Yeah, no, okay. I'm, so I'm like, not saying. I think that we are, but, but intended but I think there's a causal this, link.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we are intended to see this as bad as bad news. I'm just playing devil's advocate and saying, like, if you're looking from another angle, you know, Marty's just a reactionary asshole, and he got out of their, the the his family's life, and they've improved for the better. Okay, <laughs> and also they they talk about like a lot of hurricanes and how yeah. like. um
1: that was advantageous it, a lot to of, the corruption, and there's going a lot on. of
0: social commentary in there is that the hurricanes hit the socially disadvantaged disproportionately. You know, because rich people, let's you file an insurance claim and you move yeah. on. You go uh, to a
1: summer home in Florida for a little while, right? The poor back. folks
0: get preyed on by a crazy fucking psychopath, and I yeah. wondered if uh, you know Marty kind of sounds like a hurricane name. Like if that is the case, <laughs> where he blew through their lives, and the ones that are less advantaged, the ones that maybe had a more fragile hold on their their psyches and and had some perhaps emotional and mental instabilities were more grossly affected than the younger cheerleader who has had a successful life as a banker and investor and her mom, who seems like she's remarried. Right. And she's living in this nice big house. Seems like it. Yeah. So he's got a
1: picture of her with some dude at the Louvre. So,
0: yeah, I wonder if there is a little bit that's that's continued social commentary about that.
1: Yeah, but I, I like the the connection you're drawing there between the idea of this destructive force mm-hmm. and Marty. I'm and and you know, we kind of always had the hurricanes throughout the series as a a touchstone. Yeah. In some ways. It's
0: ruined this church. It's ruined yeah. his school. It's you know I like that. And I imagine if you are a serial killer. A massive hurricane where lots of people go it is a great time to go down there and have yeah. yourself a field day. Oh, what
1: happened to uh Marie Fontenelle? <sighs> hurricane must have got her.
0: Yeah, it's chilling. Flooding. It's chilling to think it about is. like how many people go missing in natural disasters and you know, it's like I don't even know if it's actually a thing that happens, but Jesus Christ, it's possible. Yeah, totally. How far is it the possible from the likely? I don't know. <laughs>
1: don't want to think about it. I made the mistake of watching this episode at like eleven PM yeah and then i went to bed uh woke up in the middle of the night with just some like not like horror feelings not like oh there's something in the house or anything like that Mm -hmm. but more like just dark dreadful feelings did you
0: have a night like i've heard that people it's a real phenomenon where you wake up but whatever chemical that your brain inputs in your body that paralyzes oh yeah yeah that keeps you from like you know that doesn't work for sleepwalkers that that's still active and you like are paralyzed and you can't move and i it's like very universal to have that in combination with like dark shapes moving around you Uh and like i've never had one of those jesus christ it sounds terrifying it does like like, if you've had one of those and you believe in ghosts i can't even hate you because if your brain tells you something's real yeah And you don't have a very strong uh, cynical and and a skeptical mindset like Mm -hmm. who's to say otherwise? This is probably going to be the last-ish Psychosphere. I think we'll have one next episode, but it's going to be talking more about the successes and failures of the Psychosphere in Season 1 and how we Mm. can mold that into Season 2 coverage. Because do we want to obsess over every last detail, knowing some of them aren't going to pan out, some of them are? Do we want to... Because it's just interesting. uh, Do we want to see if we can look at all the things that s- succeeded and missed in this particular season and try to use that as, as a clue to what we can pay attention to and what we can dismiss on next season. I don't know. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, so first up, I'll direct your attention to the secondary monitor. And as I always do, I put the uh, images that we're referring to in the show notes. So while you're listening to us, uh, you can go to ball and look at those. Or I think most, Web podcasting clients uh, expose that in the interface. I'm not sure how, but you should be able to get to them and hyperlink to them. This is an image of the door frame at the Marty and Maggie household. And it's just a quick shot that we got in one of the earlier episodes of the girls and like, you know, you're doing the parent thing of you're marking their height on the wall. And there's a whole series of Aubrey's and Marcy, uh, but there is a eight, conspicuous 18 month gap where Marcy is not measured and Aubrey continues to be measured.
1: You're saying both of these names wrong.
0: What is it? Audrey and Macy. Aud- Audrey and Macy. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, I, I wasn't content to butcher the Cajun <laughs> pseudo French pronunciations of people uh-huh. with the font knot and the, all that crap. I had to get in the Anglo names, too. I'm surprised you weren't calling Ledoux LaBeouf the whole time. LaBeouf? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Shy. He's a psychopath, man. No kidding. Uh, anyway, there's an 18 month gap and people are suggesting that maybe it's not Audrey that is the damaged one. Maybe she is actually damaged by proxy because her sister got ab- abducted for 18 months or went missing. Hmm. And, you know, she's filling her older sister's head full of all this cult shit. Obvious problems with this theory. One is why don't we know about this on episode yes. seven? Like Marty, like the fact that your daughter was abducted for 18 months, uh, you know, like <laughs> you would are, think that'd be on his radar. People are Like, well, maybe she was living with the grand, like really like, okay. If Marty's father-in-law is part of this cult, which is not an absurd statement, he is roughly the kind of rich old white waspy guy that you would suspect would fit into this cult based on Charlie okay. Lang's commentary. But still, like if she was gone for 18 months to the extent that you couldn't measure her, I feel like we'd know about it by now.
1: I think we should. Yeah. Like, I think if if they're intending for this to be some hidden Easter egg, uh, maybe another hint to corroborate it would have been a good idea.
0: I mean, it's, it's also possible that this is just second child syndrome. Like the first child is this beautiful original snow- snowflake and you fill out their baby book and <laughs> there's all this entries. And the second <laughs> one is just hand me down bullshit. Oh, my God. I guess I have to change your diapers too. kind of routine. Yeah, that yeah. could also uh, just square, you know, round round that that square and make it fit in the whole. Uh, Anyway, this is an episode one, and it, it happens between the 23 and 24 minute mark. The, the image is up there if you want to look at it and ooh and ah. This is a cool one. So Francis is the southern fried firearms pharmacy thief, mm-hmm. and he kills himself in his jail cell. And as Russ and Marty are watching the jail camera footage, they ask who the officers were that escorted him back to his cell. And the detective says it's Childress and Mahoney.
1: Yeah. Having seen this whole series already, I was like, ooh, Childress.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But
1: yeah, at the time, you don't know anything about Childress.
0: Because we had the Ledues, the Tuttles. There was a Sheriff Childress somewhere in the mix. Yeah. Um, But this shows that the police force is still as early or as late as 2000. It it, it essentially says a Rust isn't crazy. There are cult elements in, or at least sympathetic elements, all throughout the police force, um, which I thought was interesting. Another theory that became popular around this time is the Yellow King not being a person but a boat. Okay. And the the core of this, the germ of this theory came about at the end of this episode when they panned from Earl Childress on his lawnmower. You know, the 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 black lady, the grandmotherly cult figure, mm-hmm. uh, talks about Carcosa with the stones. And they, they we, we've heard this associated with that and we see the paw, pan over this above ground mausoleum, which is very common in the Louisiana, you know, swamp area. But you pan up and over that and over the forest to this boat slowly moving down the channel.
1: Yeah. Felt like a weird shot at the end.
0: Right. And we see that, you know, Dora Lang uh, was killed by
1: I think they said drowning.
0: But uh, definitely Marie Fontenot was a supposed yeah. flood victim mm-hmm. uh in, in episode six russ questions a father whose boy went missing on a little boat and it was torn up in the water russ notices a disproportionate number of the cases take place by the river and by in the bayous yeah um the burnt church is located by a river that we it intentionally pans over that at the end of episode two so also the robber that Rust interviews the southern fried firearms thief we talked about this in the psychosphere where he seemed confused when russ says who is the yellow king and the guy's like i'm talking you know he seemed like he show, was showing a distinction between the yellow king and the person responsible for the murders hmm. implying that in his addled state he was still trying to say that the yellow king is a place or a thing rather than a person okay. um and also you know the yellow king it's it wouldn't be you know you I've seen much crazier boat names. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it, it sounds like it could be a boat
1: name. Why not? Yeah, I think that's kind of cool.
0: I, I thought that's a that's a cool theory, too. Having a mobile cult, you know, hideout seems like a better solution than having one fixed in place. So that's something we could look <laughs> for. And the, maybe the Yellow King is going to be some shootout on an old boat. Uh, another theory that I actually really thought was cool. And then we looked at it and it turned out to kind of be bullshit, but I'm going to, you know, this is the kind of, uh, <laughs> thing you gotta be looking for in a uh, psychosphere. Someone took a this screenshot. One. This was in episode three, uh, Ru- when rust was talking to the lawnmower man for the first time. And we see that, uh, uh, there's a, there's a closeup that has the light of the way Academy sign behind rust and the lawnmower man. And the sign that has says that school is closed until further notice um we are still working for you. everything but the notice King is obscured in his picture and it's literally the foreground of you know the lawnmower man who we now yeah. think is the king in yellow and I'm like, holy shit <laughs> holy fucking shit that's amazing. And I looked at it and I was
1: like, how is the camera moving in this shot?
0: So we looked it up and sure enough, this is a heavily cropped picture that of
1: a sideways panning shot that shows you the entire text
0: yes and
1: they've cherry picked this screenshot so I mean it's it's an obvious case of cherry picking
0: yeah now did Nick Pizzolatto intentionally set this up so that would work as a nod
1: I don't know but this I think screenshot if, is a is is bull shot is what it is <laughs> I, I think if you're gonna say like oh he purposely put it in there if if the shot had ended on that like yeah. the camera had stopped in that position or we had just cut if it stopped right
0: at that framing i would say smoking gun yes but, but it goes not. way past it's it. the whole fucking sign yeah and and i guess it's cut off by the fence post but that's like something that happens for a half a second
1: yeah so it's it's a transitional screenshot it's it's nothing it's an accidental piece of awesome because i do yes. think that it is an awesome screenshot <laughs> sure that's really cool but yeah. it wasn't on purpose all right
0: you care to play the name game yes let's do it Errol Childress the etymology of the name Errol is Prince his father his grandfather clearly was the cult leader it seems like and his father Mm -hmm. seems like he was it went through his line so that is a pretty pretty interesting piece of foreshadowing
1: yeah I think so
0: now you have to look it up on IMDB to get that But there it is. I thought, you know, with with the the rust and the coal and the heart and all that stuff, that that's they continue to play this name game. Uh, Sliding down further in the psychosphere. (laughs) Right. The detectives asking Errol for directions. He tells them to go down PR 1435. Okay, Proverbs 1435. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. It's talking about a king. It's talking about uh, wrath and shame. Is that intentional? Wait,
1: that's the entire fucking Bible, man. (laughs) Am I wrong?
0: Just shame and wrath.
1: Wrath and shame. Shame and wrath and kings. That's it. There you go. Um, I don't know. It's at least the Old Testament. I know that much.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, having a son uh, mellowed out the old man like it does a lot of us.
1: I don't know what to make of this. I don't either. Yeah. it seems to be very non-specific if it means anything, but
0: but I do. It does seem like one thing Hollywood types do is love. They love mining the Bible for really think things like that, like you know Mission Impossible, uh, Pulp Fiction just make shit up to make something cool work. It, it's and, and you know like uh, the the leftovers did a lot of like you know playing with bible verse names and stuff yeah that's true uh, even this season like there was a lot of conspicuous scriptures that seem to have a lot to do like every time you go into the fucking church and there's a sermon mentioned or a scripture on the wall of whether it's the walking dead or true detective they are being clever and putting something in there that somehow ties into the meta narrative
1: all right let me throw a little bit of gas on this pr 1435 fire okay they say a lot of stuff in the episode about actual places in Louisiana, sure, like Alexandria and White Castle, not talking about the restaurant. <laughs> I
0: bet mean, there's a lot of White Castles in Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, there could be Crystal Burgers, which are essentially the same thing.
1: They are. Um, but they use a lot of real geography when the, when they're talking about the area. I can't find a PR 1435 in Louisiana. Whereas if you could, then I would say
0: that there's no way Nick is using that as a biblical reference. So, yeah, Yeah, so
1: maybe you can go the other way and you can say, well, they do it so many other places. This one instance, they're not. What does that mean? Yeah. But on the other hand, it could be some kind of bumfuck country road that might not necessarily come up
0: in a Google search.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is out in the middle of fucking nowhere, right? Right. Like, does Google Maps, do they have street thinking, like, view of that like place? It, like, you
0: start getting to the rural routes and like, Martinsville yeah. and Monrovia
1: and India, Streets like Streets might not even have names. They might have nicknames, Or Car
0: Wash Road, like, what the, f- go down goat, goat Holler. That's not on a Google Map. <laughs> no. So. Yeah,
1: Gravity Road, that is, that is nowhere <laughs> on a map.
0: Yeah, so there you go. All right, uh, cyclosphere smell a little bit stronger today. Huh? I think so. Bald Move depends on your support to create our independent podcast. Find out how you can help out and get lots of great perks such as ad-free podcasts, live video feeds, and other exclusive bonus content at club.baldmove.com. If you'd like to send in your feedback, you can do so by emailing it to truedetective at baldmove.com. You can find all of our content at baldmove.com and participate in our discussion forums. Keep up with our latest release schedules by liking us on Facebook or following us on Twitter.